0: Welcome to The Process of Things, Does Stuff Work?
1: And we're live. Woohoo! Hello. Welcome to The Process of Things, Does Stuff Work? We're here again. We're here. Well, we're not normally where here no. is. We're in my house today. We are working at home with
0: Nicole's dog, Barkley, who hopefully will be a good boy.
1: He's a good boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks to the fact that Nicole's <laughs> baby is going to be here any second now, I think, and this is the most comfortable place to record our <laughs>
1: podcast today. My mobility is compromised. Yes.
0: <laughs> so if you could imagine, we're, we're sitting in a very nice uh, living room, and she's on her couch and leaning back against copious pillows and... Putting and, uh, her big fat putting, feet up. Stop it. She's adorable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amusing and adorable. Well... At least I'm something. (laughs) I'm something. Today we are um, still focused on season 3B for Mm -hmm. the manager. Help, I need help. Um, And starting to talk about what happens when your employee does get a job and leave. Yeah. Maybe you're a total, you know... I don't know what your face is trying. To <laughs> I don't say. know. I was gonna say maybe you fired Peter finally. Oh, no, finally! You yeah. know, you were brave. You you did and you, the hard thing. You've and and already had a plan for what's gonna happen. Yeah, and so now you need to find someone new, or you've got some organizational changes that have opened up a new position. Mm-hmm. You know, is it enough to just go post things on wherever, wherever, LinkedIn, yeah. Facebook? Monster.ca. <laughs> That's <laughs> not sort of even... Thing.
0: I don't even know if it's around anymore. Yeah. it's So it, for, the, for the manager today, 3B episode two, it's um, help, I need someone new. Yeah. right.
1: I'm Nicole North. And I'm Ruth Henderson. And we're your hosts today, along with Barkley. Yeah. He's having a nap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is. So this whole idea of managers hiring people. Why would we do a podcast on this? Isn't it as simple as, you know, if you're in the public sector, there's a whole process for doing a posting. And if you're in the private sector, you know, you put an ad somewhere. Isn't it as easy as
1: that? No, Ruth, it isn't. (laughs) Leading question. It isn't. It's 101. Um, Because uh, in the, um, in the public sector, you want the right people to apply, right? You just don't want the wrong people to apply. You don't want um, people who aren't going to be able to do the work that you need to do. You need to make sure that you are attracting the right people. And sometimes that means um, networking and encouraging people to apply to your role. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I think a couple episodes ago, I can't remember on what topic, but I was noticing that people were a little bit bashful and not wanting to apply to positions, feeling like they might not be ready and things like that. So you wanna make sure that you are talking to the people that you feel have capacity and have the skill set and have the motivation and the drive and the whatever to do this job effectively are actually applying so that you can hire them. I think a lot of people believe this is actually a passive activity,
0: that it'll just happen. I will put a posting out and I will get the people I want. I know from experience in the public sector, from a management position that I posted, I got more than, and it was an internal posting, which means it wasn't posted to the public, but only internal to the government, um, that I had over 500 responses and I still did not get the right people. I had to cancel that posting and redo it.
1: Mm.
0: So that all takes time, folks. So was my job description wrong? Was it just not getting out there enough? What was going on? And if I look back, like I do so many times now on things that I wish I had done differently, could I have been doing a little work to find the people that I wanted? Just like when we talked about individuals, they have to do work to find the job that they want, people who are hiring also need to do some work. Unless you're that lucky person who goes, I have the person for... Th-. So we're not talking about you.
1: You already knew you were going to hire Sam or Mary. You've yeah, had I'm, that plan forever. We're not talking about circumventing any formal processes no, no, or no, no. Um, doing any um, nepotism or um, other things like that. We're really referring to the fact that, you know, we see someone that has potential. We want them to put their name in the hat. Yeah. So to speak.
0: It still requires all the same due diligence, but how can you notice someone if they're not even there? Right. You can't. So you have to, (laughs) that was a very strange thing, but it's like tree fall. Does a tree make a sound in the forest? You can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. Um, (laughs) but it is just like those things. You have to do a little bit of work and make sure that the right people are in the mix or it's a crapshoot. And you're just lucky if the right person happens to be there and you find the best fit.
1: Yeah. And it's a long process. So you really don't want to rely on chance. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, the idea of networking to find
0: people is really strange. It's usually uh, people associate networking with people who want something. And I want a job. I want you to hire me. Imagine flipping that on its head and saying, no, now networking should also be about you letting people know what you're doing and who you are so that you can find the right talent and encourage them to raise their hand.
1: So it might mean, you know, talking to other managers and saying, hey, do you guys know anyone who's got these skills, you know, and everyone's got someone on their team that either there is no other further, like, upward mobility for them or someone that, you know, they know wants to change careers or change um, industries, anything like that, this might be the perfect opportunity. Someone that they're mentoring, Mm -hmm. they're like, I absolutely know someone that I'm mentoring that might fit this perfectly. You know, I'd love for you to chat with them and, you know, at least let them know that you're posting this job so that they can be prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Just like everything that we talk about, there's a role with managers
0: of, Letting people know what you're doing, what positions you have that are open or maybe open soon, what kinds of people you look for, and connecting those dots for other people going, oh, I do know someone. Oh, my Helping gosh. do that. Is, also, it's a role. It should be in a job description of every manager or leader that you help connect the dots for people.
1: Yeah. And I just thought of this. You did? Genius. All right. You're also networking with your own team mm-hmm. and sussing out, I mean, If you're being an excellent manager, you likely have a succession plan or you know what the people on your team are looking for and you know that there might be someone on your team that wants to move into this position. But if you haven't been doing that, maybe now's the time to start um, networking with your very own team to find out what their job interests are and knowing that you have this gap to fill. Is there someone right on your team that would be an excellent fit and that should also put their name in the hat. Isn't
0: that radical
1: if you think about how... So rad, well, I'm, I'm super rad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was thinking about how today uh, there's a fear sometimes in letting people know that you have a position to fill or that you're going to fill one. It's, there's all this secret HR stuff and I don't want to be open with what's happening or let people know what I'm looking for or the type of person I'm looking for. It's... Uh, it's people are... Very afraid to be transparent, and I really don't see any risk to that. No, you're not. Unless you're changing a classification or something mm, union-related maybe. not promising anyone a job, no.
1: or you're not saying, you're just saying, hey, this is coming up. Yeah. Do you think you're going to put your name in the hat? Do you think you're going to apply for this mm-hmm. job? How many times do you think I can put, say, Put your name in the hat during this podcast. You could start counting. You could make a drinking game out of it, mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, every
0: time she says, put your name in the hat, have a drink. <laughs> um, my So my friend is um, right now being wooed for several different positions in her department by uh, the same manager. So you know this one's coming up, right? What do you think of that one? Is that something you'd be interested? Because also this one's going to be coming up. What do you think of that? And it's great. Because it allows them to have an open question, uh, open dialogue about what's happening. It allows um, my friend to really think about her skill set and what is the right match for the different positions. And uh, again, it helps people, as we talked about in season 3A, it helps them go to something because they now have been able to really ponder some different options. So if the manager can be saying, these are the types of things opening up, what do you think? then that is just good for everyone, other than this fear that either A, you're going to give away a secret, or B, you're going to lose someone you don't want to lose, which is a terrible reason for not having that conversation. Terrible. Terrible. Well, keeping holding people back? The worst. That's, it is the worst. So this this first thing that we wanted to talk about today was this idea that as a manager, if you have roles, a, a role or more than one role to fill, you need to be doing some work and networking. Do not expect the the passive art of uh, uh, posting a job to work for you one hundred percent of the time. It will work sometimes, and you'll be that'll be more good luck than good management.
1: yeah, but like imagine the, I mean, the, the way that these things work now, you're just relying on a resume
0: and and the resume is now submitted digitally. So there's no way, there's less way now to make yourself Yeah, you stick can't out just from use, crowd. you can't use that nice
1: paper anymore, no, Ruth.
0: No, from the 80s. You can't <laughs> do that. You can't even really uh, have yourself stand out by formatting things differently because the formats are prescribed in these digital things. You have to just say your words and hope that somebody skims something someday. Well, and you can have a great writer
1: and have terrible fit so you're yeah. having interviews for no reason yeah gotta have it all or you could have so, oh
0: just one last thing yeah you,
1: I had somebody once apply for a job where
0: someone else wrote their resume oh well yeah and it does happen but it had they had no idea what was in it oh dear and when you question them based on that they couldn't answer any questions so applying for a job now you have to be really great and creative at what you're saying it also has to be accurate and so if you haven't done any networking and you're just relying on this digital screen in front of you you're kind of wasting your time if you can't figure that out until the res- until the interview
1: yeah my dog could have submitted a resume right um riddle me this yes what are some possible places to network in order to find great candidates
0: Well, there's both in the workplace and outside the workplace. Let's start with in the workplace. In the workplace, um, just like you just said, first of all, your own team. Excuse me, your own department. uh, Those own your own meetings that you may have. A lot of people will have um, team team building days, or even have big committee meetings where there's a lot of people gathered, and you have time between meetings, before meetings, after. It's like saying, "Oh, hey." I'm going to be looking for a such-and-such such position. Well, I just wanted to put that bug in your ear in case you know anyone who wants to put their name in the hat. Drink. <laughs> and they want to they want to get out there. Let me know if you know anybody like this. It can be that short. Yeah. It doesn't need to be you need to go to a three-day conference and buy a ticket and mm-hmm. walk around at cocktail hour and introduce yourself and say, I'm looking for a manager of operations.
1: No, but that that would be a great external thing to do. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's say you're looking for a new HR person. Mm-hmm. Um, what better place than, um, a, an entire conference full of HR, especially if you're looking for external or outside or some fresh, fresh eyes, new fresh talent. blood. Yeah.
0: Fresh blood. <laughs> Gross. Um, very <laughs> true. Um, any, any things that are, um, inside your work are appropriate. And I mean, that is inconsequentially as a team meeting, to a larger divisional type activity or maybe a large intra-professional conference within your work. Anything, anything at all outside of you just posting something passively online is considered networking and looking.
1: And then what are some external places that you could network?
0: There are a lot of professional associations that people Mm -hmm. have um, Mm -hmm. associated with their work. It can be anything... um, it can be LinkedIn because a lot of people do use LinkedIn and have networks that work very well. I don't. I don't use it well. Um, people, I think it's funny now that LinkedIn wants me to give people advice. Have you seen that? <laughs> when you open up LinkedIn, it says, we value your experience. Would you like to give people advice? And I thought, no, <laughs> I don't know them. <laughs> but there are people who have great um, groups that they follow and they come, they communicate with, and it's across professions, that's a great place to do it. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean, again, using LinkedIn for posting a job. This is still the networking conversational piece. Yeah. So asking those closed groups, um, really getting together Thursday night for drinks with your colleagues that, you know, in different areas, it's the same thing. It's, I want to put a bug mm-hmm. in your ear. Does anybody know anybody who dot, dot, dot.
1: Yeah. What about your own internal friend group? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you know, having when you're out socially, hey, guys, I'm looking for an HR person. Who do you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there are some people that are just great at doing this. There are connectors. You are a connector. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And my 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 best friend is a
0: connector. And those are the people that you want to talk to. So I guess it's about having this be top of mind. And remembering that when you know something's coming up, before you click send and submit and try to put something online, you need to do a little bit of effort to, it's like, I don't know, uh, loading, loading the odds in your favor by encouraging people to put their name in the, oh, their name in the hat. I was about to say name in the process. <laughs> name in the hat, drink. <laughs> drink. Um, so if you can encourage that, and you know they're in there, they still have to win on their own merit. But they can't if
1: you can't get them in there. So it's about yeah. raising your hand, showing interest. Yeah, and I like the idea that you said about doing this all before you post mm-hmm. too, um, because you do want to make sure that um, the job that you're posting that, that the description is written properly. Well, that's the next thing I wanted oh. to talk about. Well, I am. Thank just, you for the segue. I, nice segue, Nicole.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about the job description and what's in it. Um, because I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I went to this uh, HRPA conference in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, and um, one of the speakers that I listened to was talking about character and talking about the link between character and the success of goals in an organization. And one of the phrases that he said really stuck with me, and he said, we hire skills, but we fire character. So we hire people according to the skills that they need to have, but we don't do anything to learn about their character. And he's done incredible research. He's from the Richard Ivey School in London, Ontario. And uh, he's done all this research to scientifically prove that character was one of the major contributors to the Wall Street crash in 2008. Hmm. So, for instance, technical skills are easy to write into a job description. I want this person to be able to... Um, do run macros in Excel and do detailed analysis and statistical trends and blah, blah, blah. What we don't write is I want them to be great at building relationships, um, mending fences with uh, areas that are critical to us, to stakeholders, and to being able to handle uh, vague work uh, work objectives. We used to actually ask that in, our old de- in my old department. When we hired people, we would say, how are you with ambiguity? Because some people would really struggle if they weren't told exactly what to do step by step and the instructions changed all the time. So I, my personal belief is that job descriptions need to change to also include some soft skills, some character skills, some leadership skills that are necessary for that job. And that means if it's in the job description, I can ask you about it in an interview.
1: Hmm. I was also thinking along the same lines as when you're, you know, trying to make sure that you get the right people putting their name in the hat. Drink. Um, (laughs) That you've also uh, made considerations that is the job appealing to the people that you want to hire. So yeah. have you done the right market now in, in a public sector organization where you have job descriptions classified and there are salary ranges and all that jazz? That's one thing. Um, but where you do have control um, in those private sector areas where you do have a little bit control, is your salary in line with market expectations, with mm-hmm. um, other jurisdictions, with other areas? Are, are you competitively... Yeah. Selling this job so that you're actually getting the seniority and the skill level that you're looking for.
0: For sure. They were also at the conference talking about how to attract the talent that you want. Um, And they said, first of all, you need to consider that Generation Z, which is coming up now behind the millennials, they're, they're entering the workforce now want very different things, and they are going to be... Well, first of all, millennials make up the largest chunk of the workforce for the first time ever now, and that has changed how we work uh, using technology and being faster, multitasking. Well, Generation Z is all about being connected and not needing to be in a physical place uh, to do specific work. So more and more, we're looking at um, virtual work arrangements around the globe uh, it, one of the characteristics of a Generation Z uh, person is that they, uh, for the first time, they don't identify people according to a visual attribute. So we don't say that woman over there or that woman with red hair over there. We say that person who's really good at coding because they have, Generation Z has connections all around the world and they don't know what other people look like. Mm, neat. So it's, it's very much about... Writing job descriptions not only to be clear about what's needed both technically and from a skill from a soft skill or character perspective, but also so that you attract the people that you want to attract. Because if I write a job description, how I wrote them when I was first in the workforce 25 years ago, uh, or how it would appeal to me as a 53 year old, I would not be attracting the young people that we need in the workforce today. So you need to find out, okay, I've got this position opening up. It's a business consultant. um, It's an entry level. Here's what I'm looking for. Oh, I better make it so that there's flexible work arrangements so that they um, can communicate. I have everything set up properly so that they have Wi-Fi or VPN. We can communicate visually with groups, do all of those sorts of things to attract the people that we want. Um, and that means getting out there and finding out what they want so that you can word it properly because otherwise you're going to attract the old school people for a new school job and the right people will not put their name in the hat. Drink.
1: Yeah. You're bang on Ruth. I I don't even have any commentaries. You don't. Or yeah, buts or anything. Yeah. I just,
0: yeah, I nailed it.
1: You nailed it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, what about um, the other aspect of filling gaps on your team? Sometimes those gaps, well, they're always skills related. If you have a gap, you have a gap, and it's related to a specific set of deliverables. Sometimes we have gaps based on diversity, and I don't just mean diversity of ethnicity or gender. Um, I mean thinking style diversity, mm. personality diversity, Um generational diversity, all of those things. And we look at, okay, I have a manager position open, but right now we are one seething mass of extroverts who you cannot pin down at all. We're all the same. We get a lot of really great ideas. We love networking and getting all those things, but no one can organize us. So I really need to figure out how to find that talent who can do this and is able to herd cats.
1: Yeah, that takes a lot of um, self awareness. Yeah, and not only self awareness, but um, you know, as a manager, like team awareness. Yeah, is how do you your, get that team is awareness? Your team homogeneous. Yeah, right. Is your team all made up of people like you because you like because you like working people with people like, like you? Like you. Mm-hmm. Right, and do you need to start thinking about you know what? I do need someone who is just going to hunker down, sit at their desk, and do data
0: mm-hmm. and
1: not want to talk about their weekend because that's what I mm-hmm. that's what I need.
0: Have you right? ever, um, with your work with uh, Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, is there such a thing as a team assessment um, to look at what those gaps are?
1: Absolutely. So when we work in groups, um, we can analyze individuals mm-hmm. um, and kind of jot down their uh, personality types. And then we work as a group to find out how those personality types are dispersed over the 16 possible types. And so you very clearly will start to say, wow, we've got people all on this side and not on this side, or we've got tons of people over here, but none up there. What benefits does that have for the team? What challenges might that have for Mm. the team? Um, So again, not so that you would hire, like I only hire ENFPs or Mm -hmm. I only hire this. Um, But so you can say, hey, we're really lacking this style what do I need to put in my job description or in my networking when I'm asking around to get people of this diverse style? I think it's genius. I think if you were a manager that was that aware and open and did that for your team, Mm -hmm. wow, what an amazing diverse team you would have. Yeah,
0: there there are ways to do those assessments. Um, There are templates out there that will help you do that. I'm thinking of another approach similar to MBTI, as I often refer to, connective intelligence, which you can Google. Brett Richards is the founder of that. And he talks a lot about thinking styles and how they process information. So it would be, am I a dreamer? I'm the person who challenges the status quo, or the person who comes up with all those new, great, fresh ideas. Or am I a doer? I'm the person who you know gets things done. I have the project plan. I just want to go, 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 and and do the thing. Or am I the analyzer and I need to have all the information and understand the current state before I can commit to moving forward? And the best team has all three. And it reminds me of an old organization I worked in where there were 10 of us directors and all of us were either thinkers or doers. We did not have one single dreamer. And then a vice president was hired and she couldn't work with any of us. We hated her and she hated us. And she was a dreamer because Brett came in and did this exercise and she was the only one who had this creative bent to her personality Mm -hmm. and her thinking style. So every time we took something to her to get approved, she would say, well, have you thought of this? And have you thought of that? And why do we do this? And it drove us bananas because we couldn't get anything done. So the ability to have, to recognize and be aware that your team is full of this one thing or is missing this one thing. And I need to look for that one thing. A, it's genius b it's really hard because maybe I've found a great manager and she's just like me. I want to find a great manager who's not like
1: me. yeah, and you know the interesting thing is um, that can that can make uh, decision making and all those things take a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but that diversity of thought and different thinking style helps you come up with more creative solutions, be innovative, um, reduces groupthink, um, helps you tackle larger and more challenging assignments when you have that diversity of thought, you know? And absolutely, a whole bunch of people that are all the same are all going to agree very quickly that their idea is the best. Um, A group of people who think very differently are going to take some time to get there, but I think that time is valuable to make sure that you're getting, you know, the ultimately best Yeah. Collaborative. Imagine if you had a
0: space on your team and you decided, you know what, we've got a lot of baby boomers and Gen X's on this team, and I'd sure love some different approaches. So, not only am I hiring a new business consultant, but I want that uh, business consultant to at least display, I'm not going to hire based on age because that's discrimination, but I would like that person to display some of the characteristics of the millennials, the millennial generation, which You know, means multitasking and being very quick with innovation and uh, 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 information and finding that out. And I want somebody who's super creative and thinks of new and different ideas and different ways of doing things.
1: Or conversely, do you have a team full of uh, millennials? Mm -hmm. um, And really what you need is someone with experience, work on the ground. Years of experience doing a particular thing, Mm -hmm. um, having have seen a progression or um, change in a particular industry over time, and that what you actually want is not necessarily like the most creative and innovative approach, but someone who's seen many approaches, right? Or can can approach- Steady experience. Yeah. Or can be a coach and mentor to that, you know? So you're going to actually write your job description- guided towards a generational type or thinking style that is Ex- full of experience. Different. And if
0: your whole team is full of millennials now and Gen Z, then you want somebody who's got experience and is very comfortable working with different styles. And as you said, coaching
1: and mentoring and bringing them along to be successful. Yeah. So, Especially if as a manager, that's not your, I mean, there's an interesting thought too. Um, you know, as you're hiring Um, for your team? Are you also thinking about your gaps as a manager? Mm -hmm. So I might be a great leader. I might be super creative, but maybe I'm really terrible at coaching or maybe just the nature of my job has me in meetings all day long. Can I hire someone that's got that coaching expertise that can help, um, Mitigate some of the things I'm missing as yeah. a manager. Not only yeah. what my team is missing, but that might be able to assist me.
0: Because you, the success of your of you is is directly tied to the success of your team. So you mm-hmm. kind of have to.
1: Yeah. So that that whole
0: idea of what we're talking about is, um, it is no longer the way of the world, that you can simply say, I have a spot open on my team and the title is manager. So I'm gonna go to LinkedIn or wherever and post a standard job description and then I'm gonna do a standard interview process and I'm gonna end up with a winner. It just doesn't work like that. You have to do some work. You have to, um, first of all, you have to know what you're looking for. And to do that, you have to have a little bit of self-awareness and team awareness. Then you need to figure out what you need and write a job description that captures not only the technical skills, but the soft skills. And then you have to get out there and let people know what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. And let's backtrack one step there. Writing a job description is not always your best expertise. Right. So figure out whether it is you that should be writing the job description, whether it is HR that needs to assist you with that job description, whether you need to outsource to a job description writing specialist Um, You know, we've been working in a couple of organizations recently where this has been a challenge for them is that they're not getting the hires that they want because they do not have um, a professional job description writer um, that is able to articulate best um, a job function. And
0: And make it uh, accurately depict what's required without overstating it as well. there's There's a balance there. Absolutely. So... First, recognize you have a gap to fill. Secondly, do some self-assessment and team assessment to be aware of those things. And to, if you have a gap in a position, why not fill it with something that will fill all these other gaps on your team as well in terms of soft skills or thinking styles? Mm-hmm. Then get your job description written, um, whether it's by a professional or yourself or in some way to accurately recommend, um, reflect what you're looking for and is written in a way that will attract or be attractive to the people that you want to hire. So consider who, what they would want. Flex work, uh, virtual working, all of that. And then finally, um, do the work to get people to throw their
1: name in the hat. Drink, shot, shots, yeah. shots, 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 shots. Uh, the next episode,
0: we're going to talk about actually doing the interview and oh, what a manager my, needs to do. My favorite. It is your favorite. So I think this sort of was just to to highlight that it's not a passive exercise, hiring people, that to do it right and to be successful so you don't waste everyone's time, there's some work that you have to do.
1: Do your work, managers. Get people to put throw their name, throw their in,
0: name the in the hat. Drink. Drink. Fireball. So this <laughs> is, I think, the first episode that we've done where we actively recommend drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and that was
1: Barkley, if you could hear him growling in his sleep. He was groaning he of was happiness. Groaning. It was he like wants a, to have a, drink. a sigh of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.